don't know. There, I guess. That's not. I feel like somebody's, like one of those drones is flying over me and I'm going to get hit in the head. <laughs> the scripture verse today is Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Did he print it out? Okay. Come to me, all who labor and are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of God for all people. I can't see my notes. <laughs> there. Okay. I am forever grateful to this church family. Um, through the years, you have listened to my stories. You have shared my journey, my shortcomings, my successes, uh, pleas that I have made for things that are important to me. Um, whenever I've given a message, they have never been great theological lessons. I'm not a theologian. I wish I was more of one, but I'm not. But I'm just someone who for the last 50 years or so has lived in the circle of God's love and forgiveness through little hiccups and major mishaps. I have tried and often failed to be the, um, at being the type of person that I know I should be. Um, I have acted in entirely inappropriate ways. I have struggled and succeeded. I have found joys and nightmares. Today's message is not that much different than some of my other messages. It still concerns my journey. And as much as I wanted to do something different, God kept prodding me and saying, no, this is what you need to say. So I, I, I did listen for a little bit. I cannot give you chapters and verses of way to change or ways that I have changed, just what is in my heart. So I ask you to please bear with me again as I share with you today. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as I share my heart today, let it also be your heart. Help me be honest and transparent. Let the, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. I have been in a pretty dark and lonely place since the first of the year. Um, it's kind of funny because during the worst of the COVID pandemic when we were shut down and couldn't do anything, I was okay. I handled that pretty good, I thought. I didn't, it didn't seem to be bothering me. But once things started to open back up and we could go out and interact, I just I started falling apart. Um, I, I fell into a hole where things were... Um, they were dark, and it was really dark. And after the first, right after the first year, I told Pastor Floyd and Stacy that by the end of June, once annual conference was over, I would no longer be attending LaGrange United Methodist Church. I didn't know where I would go or if I would even go anywhere. I just knew I was not going to come here. Um... I think I got a little bit tired of the politics involved in the church, the nitpicking, the sitting through 
endless meetings where a lot was said and nothing was done. And I was just, I guess, tired of it. Um, I was bored. I was restless. I was depressed. And there wasn't, didn't seem to be much I could do about it. Um, my faith was really taking a hit. Um, I did not want to be here, but I didn't want to be anywhere. I didn't want to share with anyone. I didn't even want to be around people. And I kind of stopped doing things that I always enjoyed doing. I stopped coming to Silver Sneakers. Um, I bowed out of the Board of uh, Lay Servant Ministry. I even kind of shut down on uh, Flat Rock. I wasn't real sure how much I wanted to continue doing that ministry either. Um, I just withdrew from everything. I'm generally not an outgoing person, but this was even worse. Um, I was, it was completely different, and I just completely shut down for a while. Um, you notice all these books sitting around here and all the little tabs? The one thing I did not stop doing during this whole time was read. And there were some days that was all I did. Just ask Jim. He didn't get dinner because I'd been reading, so I'll throw a frozen pizza in the oven. Um, a lot of reading was novels. And the friends of the library are benefiting from that because I still have boxes of books to take over for their book sale before the end of the month. But these books are all devotionals, um, lesson kind of books, and, and I read them. I did continue reading them faithfully, and as you see, all these little post-it notes sticking out were all pages that were important to me, things that I went back and reread and thought, this is something I need to remember. Even though I'm in a spot where my faith is taking a hit, this is something I need to remember. Um, whenever I was go to Ollie's, never a good place for me to go. I would come home with two, four, six, or more Christian books, and I would sit and start reading them for a while. So, I mean, it was just a constant thing with the books. Um, one of the, my favorite devotions is the one I have from Max Lucado. And this one day, it was back in, well, actually it was early this month, um, pretty much describes how I was feeling. It said, in August 1930... 45-year-old Joseph uh, Crater waved goodbye to friends after an evening meal at a New York restaurant, flagged down a taxi, and rode off. He was never seen or heard from again. Fifty years of research has offered countless theories, but no conclusions. A search of his apartment revealed one clue. It was a note attached to a check, and both were left for his wife. The check was for a sizable amount, and the note simply read, I am very weary. Love, Joe. I think that would have described me. The note could have been nothing more than a thought at the end of a hard day, or it could have meant a great deal more. The epitaph of a despairing man. Weariness is tough. I don't mean physical weariness that comes from mowing the lawn, or the mental weariness that follows a hard day of decisions and thinking. No, the weariness that attacked Joseph Crater is much worse. It is the weariness that comes just before you give up. The feeling of honest desperation. It's that stage in life when motivation disappears. The children grow up, a job is lost, a spouse dies. The result is weariness. Deep, lonely, frustrated weariness. 
Only one man in history has claimed to have an answer for it. He stands before the, all the Joseph craters of the world with the same promise. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. That's the spot I was in for much of the beginning of 2021. Most of these books were very, very helpful. Some of them, though, like I've got one over there called Experiencing God that I had started as a self-Bible study at the beginning of the year. And I went through, I think, three months of it, daily reading things, taking notes, studying it, looking up things. I couldn't read it any longer. It was too convicting. It was too hard. And I put it down. And I have not picked it up since. I did look at it this week and thought, I don't know whether I can go back to reading that again or not. I don't, I don't know whether I can get through it. It's going to take a while to get to that point. But if you'll notice all these books sitting here, the one book missing from it was the Bible. I just didn't open my Bible up during all this time. It was like I had no idea where to start what to turn to, where to look for what I was searching for. I had no clue, so I didn't open it. I also let my prayer time diminish to almost nothing. The one thing that these books did do was occasionally they would give me a verse that I looked up and I thought, you know, I'm going to keep that. But I didn't mark it in my Bible. I marked it in the different books. Still wasn't going to the Bible. I shared the Max Lucado story because it describes how I was feeling, but I also have one from Dr. Charles Stanley that spoke to me about obedience. And everyone knows how much I love the word obedience. It's always been my favorite word. Not really. I, you know, and I don't think I was that bad of a kid. I think I obeyed as a kid, but boy, somehow as an adult, obedience is not my favorite thing. It says, do you have a passion for obeying the Lord? And <laughs> I could say, nope. Or do you merely engage in Christian activities because it is the right thing to do? Friend, your Heavenly Father wants you to obey him out of love, joy, and gratefulness, not out of obligation. He wants to pour himself into you, shine through you, and give you a genuine love for all that he is doing so you'll join him in his kingdom mission. This is what people saw in Peter and John, men who served with a joy, wisdom, and power that was not their own. It was obvious the Savior was working through them. Likewise, when you make time alone with Christ the priority, it affects and influences every single facet of your life. He gives you his energy, wisdom, and strength to fulfill his purpose and make you fruitful for his kingdom. Therefore, spend some time with him. Soon people will recognize you too as having been with Jesus. And that was something I definitely was not doing. I was not spending time with Jesus. I wasn't turning him for anything. The other thing that helped me during this time was, you notice I take notes every Sunday during church. I have notebooks full of notes from back when Mark was here, when I first started coming to the church for their sermons. And I started looking back through past sermon notes and listening to the 10 o'clock times again, because for a period I did not listen to them. I was not um, getting on Facebook at 10 o'clock to listen to Pastor Floyd. Um, 
they have helped me a lot start climbing out of this hole, this hole you know step by step little steps sometimes a few steps backwards sometimes forward but about a month ago stacy gave us a message about faith versus works and she spoke from james 2 14 through 18 and i think i was getting caught up in the works aspect of christianity and ignoring my faith I think by now, you know, you know my, my fondness for obeying obedience. But Stacy said something about obedience that made it so much easier to accept. She said, we obey because we love God, not out of an obligation. And I think all these obligations that I felt, the things that I felt I should be doing, were starting to weigh me down a lot. In another sermon, we were told there are no secret, servant, secret service Christians. God has geared us to be together, Galatians 6, 9 through 10. We need to make decisions with our heart and not our head, Colossians 3, 2. And knowing God is not the same as, knowing about God is not the same as knowing God, Romans 8, 28. Just a few weeks ago, Pastor Floyd reminded us that it's not about me. We are more than willing to tell God how to do things. We need to get ready to let go and let Jesus do it his way. Let God be God and remember who we are not. And I think I was doing a lot of that. Pastor Floyd's sermon just just two weeks ago. So this is how long it's been taking me to get around to getting some sort of message put together. It was just two weeks ago. was the, the one that probably spoke the strongest to me. Remember I said the one book I had not read during any of this time with all my reading and all the hundreds of books I read was the Bible. As I listened to that sermon, I realized all I had lost by leaving that book closed. He said the Bible is the source of our power to, re- to revive and renew. And revival and renewal was definitely what I needed at that time in my life. The Bible gives us practical wisdom and daily guidance. No decision should be made without going to God first. Our life will be changed if we meditate on scriptures. This sermon, Floyd's sermon on that day, made me start opening my Bible back up again and reading it. At the last East Ohio Board of of Ministry meeting, Um, Pastor Karen Hollingsworth, who is the spiritual advisor for the board, spoke to us about a struggle that she is currently going through in her life. And she emphasized how important it is to take care of yourself, to eat, sleep, and exercise right, which none of those things was I doing. I I was sleeping. I was sleeping a lot. Exercising, you don't exercise a whole lot when you're sitting on the couch for 10, 12 hours a day reading a book. And eating, well, it's much easier to grab something to nibble on while you're sitting there reading than it is to actually make a good meal. So I was not doing that. And she also emphasized it's important to have someone you can share with who can support you during a time of struggle. Don't go it alone. And this is probably the hardest advice for me to follow because it's not something I do. I internalize everything. I don't reach out to people. I just keep it all close to me, and don't share. And finally, from the Faith We Sing hymn book, I found, I, I don't know what even possessed me, but you can notice there's a lot of little tabs in here, so I was reading hymnals too. Um, 
But the words for his eye is on the sparrow struck me. That was Jim's mother's favorite hymn, but I never really paid a whole lot of attention to the words. It was just, you know, kind of, to me, it was kind of a ditty that we sang. But the third verse is, whenever I am tempted, whenever clouds arise, when song gives place to sign, when hope inside me dies, I draw the closer to him from care he sets me free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I got help in so many places, but probably not all the places I should have. I did not stop going to church here. I'm glad I didn't. This is my family. Part of the reason um, I didn't was fear. Um, to get up and be the only person to walk alone into a new church, into any new setting, is very, very uncomfortable for me. And I don't think I could have done it. And I sat went through my mind thinking of all the churches around that I could have attended. And there was always some reason I couldn't go there. Well, I know too many people at that church, and I don't agree with this minister's leaning. And there was always a reason But that reason thing basically was, you're not supposed to go any other place. Um, I thought maybe I, you know, being here was putting me in too much of a a rut and I needed to go someplace else. But I don't think that was what it was. Maybe what I thought I was called to do was not what God called me to do. By letting my Bible reading and prayer life falter, I was pretty much forging ahead on my own. And I think God let me do this for a while to see how much I needed to rely on him. When that little light bulb finally came on, I was at least partially willing and ready to listen to him. I still kind of thought I knew what was best for me. And it took also took some looking back at decisions I had made, admitting they were not always in the best not always the best choice. I hadn't sought God's guidance at all, just my own. If you notice in this last paragraph or so that I read, how many times I used the word I, my, mine. And I think that right there is probably the basis for the whole problem. I relied on myself, and I didn't rely on God. I didn't turn to him. I didn't ask him. I thought I knew what was best for me. I'm learning otherwise. I kind of thought maybe God would let me ease back into things this fall when I finally came to the realization that I wasn't going anywhere, that I needed to come out of that hole, I needed to come back into the daylight. Um, No, he didn't do that. Um... Today's probably been the hardest time I've ever did anything I've had to do in a long, long time, maybe forever. I definitely did not feel I was ready to stand in front of a room full of people. And of course, today's the day. Look how full we are. There's probably more people here than they've been here in weeks. Thank you, Colleen, and your blood draw for that. <laughs> um, but God said, you know, get over yourself. Get up there and do it. It's what I'm telling you to do. Go do it. 
I started this message and stopped it I don't know how many times in the last month. I have torn it up, I have thrown it away, I have started over again, and quite often it comes out being the same thing. And I kept saying, God, what am I supposed to say? It's the same old stuff. Give me something different. And there'd be crickets, and I wouldn't hear anything. So finally I just said, okay, if this is what you want me to do, what you want me to say, I will continue. Apparently God wanted me to continue to share my story at least one more time. Doesn't mean I had a clue anymore about what to say than I ever had. Like I say, as of last Tuesday, I was still rewriting and throwing pages away. My kitchen table was a disaster. There were books and papers everywhere and cats. And the cats kept sleeping on my notes. That didn't help any either. But God let me know when the time was right for what I had said. Let me urge you, if you ever find yourself in one of these really dark places, don't forget your faith. Don't turn away from it. Reach out to someone. Reach out to God. Trust and obey has always sort of been my theme song. And I've always focused on the obey part. But somehow this time, I kept focusing on the trusting part. Trust God. You can't obey him unless you trust him. I'm slowly moving my way back to where God would have me be. It's a struggle. Um, I'll admit there are many, many days I do not want to get out of bed. There are many days I do not want to come to church. There are many days I don't want to go to the store. I don't want to, and if the phone rings, I just ignore it. But I'm getting there. I'm working my way back, and God's helping me. At least I'm listening to him now. I have questioned when I went back and read some of these things that have the pink tabs in them, and the devotional started at the beginning of the year, so some of these tabs go back 10 months, 9 months, and I read them and think, why in the world did I find that so important? But there must have been something on that day that spoke to me other ones still speak to my heart all over again. Let me lead you with another reading from Dr. Charles Stanley. I've read this one many times, and I will continue to read it because it has been something truly a blessing. It's about peace. It's called transcending peace. When God speaks, one of the most prevalent results will be an undeniable sense of peace in your spirit. You may not feel tranquil at first when you approach him. In fact, you may be full of conflict and strife. But the longer you listen to him, the quieter your spirit will become. You will begin to process what the Apostle Paul called called a tranquility, which surpasses all understanding. It is a calmness that surrounds you like a fortress and keeps you from being overwhelmed with anxiety, worry, and frustration. And I even, even though I put a post-it note and a star in the post-it note, I double underlined this line. Now it bears mentioning that you will never, ever have God's peace with, about disobedience in your life. You may be able to justify what you're doing with your mind, but you'll never convince your spirit, and it will hinder you from exercising your faith. But when God's peace comes to you, you will know it without a doubt You have confidence your father has spoken. 
You've heard from him, and you believe him. And you're calm because you know whether, whatever he says to you, he will accomplish. I am beginning to hear that small, quiet voice of God speaking to me again. And it's something that has been missing for a long time now. And I always knew before when God spoke to me. I could hear him, and I knew it was God. And I haven't had it, so I'm glad I'm hearing that again. You must be in God's presence to seek peace. And that is where I went sideways and downwards. I was not in his presence. I was seeking peace on my own terms. And that doesn't work. I pray if you are worried, frustrated, in pain, confused, turn to God first. Pick up the Bible. Start there. Start with the Bible. These books are good. But start with the Bible. That's where you belong. And seek him. Only through God will you find the peace you seek and need. And one final reading. We may be surrounded by friends and family, yet still so alone and misunderstood. Those around us may have their own problems and worries, leaving us feel abandoned and unseen. But we are never truly alone, for God is always present. God's love is unceasing and unfailing, and we don't have to ask for it or wait in line for it. We may forget God, but God never forgets us. You never have to walk alone through life because God walks with you. Whether your path is smooth and free of obstacles or rough and filled with detours, God is there to help guide you and give you the strength to carry on and keep moving forward. There is no reason to feel lonely, and there is nothing to fear. God is there now and always. Amen. Would you please rise and join in the closing hymn?